Welcome back, skiers and riders. It's another snowy month here in Utah. I'm Tom Kelly, your host for Last Chair from Ski Utah, telling the story of the greatest snow on earth. Well, we have a bit of an unusual last chair coming up for you this week. We've traveled to Deer Valley Resort, and I'm riding right now shotgun in a Prenoth Bison, right? You got <laughs> it. Snowcat up here, and it is past sunset right now. Darkness starting to fall over the mountain. At the tiller with me today is Laura Sexton, who's been grooming trails here at Deer Valley for around 30 years. She is a Midwest native, much like me, and found her way out here to Utah some years ago. She has been working here at Deer Valley for about 30 years and also did a stint in the Navy Reserve for 27 years as a corpsman, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, Laura thanks for taking a little bit of time as you do your job here tonight at Deer Valley. Well thanks for coming to ride with us tonight Tom. Well looking forward to it we had a chance to ski a little bit earlier and uh, uh, kind of pick out some of the little areas that you wanted to work on tonight and uh, uh, Laura great telemark skier and uh, uh, what you know, what's the, the the principle going out and uh, just looking uh, at the hill before you groom? So we just want to go out and see what kind of impact our skiers had on the hill for the day. It depends on this, the weather, the snow, the temperature, the skier count, what kind of impact each run takes. So sometimes we might need to groom a run a little bit earlier in the day so it holds up a little bit longer. Sometimes there's levels that are off that we need to change. We may run across a spot that's been skied really hard and has grass showing through so we want to go out and cover that up on the swing shift so it has some setup time before skiers get on it again. Well, it was really fun to get out there today, and we actually had a nice little bit of snow, and I don't know what we have, about six, eight inches out yeah. there in some places. Uh, it was Great. a fun afternoon just making a few runs here at Deer Valley. Uh, now, Laura, a little bit about your background. Uh, you came from the Midwest, just like me. I did. I came out here to be a ski bunny like most people around town and never left. So tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up in the Midwest and how you got involved in skiing. So I grew up in Dubuque, Iowa, which is on the Mississippi River, right where Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa all meet. And we've got a couple ski resorts there, 500 vertical, not much compared to out here in the West, but still some place to learn to ski. And uh, I lived about a mile from the resort, so parents would drop us off to play on the rope toes all weekend and come back get us at the end of the day. And, and I just always loved being out at the resort. And, as soon as I could work there, I started working in the rental shop and just love skiing. And it's always been a part of my family's hobbies. So always wanted to come out west. And that's kind of how led to getting out here. You know, I, I love skiing in the Midwest. And I know that the verticals aren't really much, but you can really have a lot of fun back there. And I think you skied at, uh, what, Ski Sundown probably? Yep, skied Sundown mostly. And you skied down to the down towards the Mississippi River in the background, wasn't it? Uh, that was over at Chestnut, is right on the Mississippi there. So, uh, when you, when you uh, what, what caused you to get a hankering to come out west as a young girl? Um, I think, you know, a lot of the kids at school, they would come out for Christmas and spring breaks and always wanted to do that. And my family had a business and we raised horses and so there really wasn't an option to leave town very often so it was something that's always was on my list to get out here and experience the mountains here and the snow and 
So it's just kind of a dream come true. Where did you come first when you moved, when you uh, started running around out west? I came here to Deer Valley. They actually hired me while I was still in Iowa, sent me a contract and hooked me up with another gal that had a place to live out here and the rest is history. Did you come out here as a snow groomer? I came out here as a lift operator actually and uh, worked on the chairlifts the first year and then second year I became a supervisor and the third year I got into training all the lift operators here and then that next year I moved over to snowcats. So things have changed a lot here at Deer Valley over the years. Uh, nice growing mountain and some beautiful terrain here. Definitely. It's amazing to see how it's grown over the years and how many mountains and lifts we've added since then. And back back when I started, we just had snowcat skiing on the farther out mountains. And it's nice to see that open now for all of the public to enjoy. So you did, uh, uh, you did a stint in the Navy Reserve. In fact, I think you just retired a, a year or two ago. What, what got you interested in going into the Navy? Boy... I get that question a lot, and I don't really know. <laughs> my dad was a helicopter gunner in Vietnam, and my uncle was in the Navy, and neither one really talked about it, but I was kind of fascinated, I think, by the military and all the different things they can do and the jobs available. I had a good friend that had joined, and she told me about it. She was a couple years older, and and uh, she kind of told me the best jobs and what I should do and so I just went for it. I uh, did a year at college, thought I wanted to be an English teacher and thought you know I'm not really an inside kind of gal so so it just kind of was uh, something different to try out before I figured out what I wanted to do with myself. Yeah were you able to balance that with your work? Yeah it worked out really good. Deer Valley has been just amazing supporting my military career. So right now, just to update everybody, uh, why don't you give us a sense of where we are in the mountain and what we're doing right now. So we are on top of Bald Eagle Mountain and we are grooming Success, one of our main ski runs down to the base snow park lodge. And we're just starting on the skiers right here and we're working the snow and trying to move it back up the hill because the skiers move it down the hill and gravity helps with that too. So um, we're just gonna keep making some laps here and move the snow where we need to, fill in the dishes, and put some beautiful corduroy on it for the skiers tomorrow. So Laura, you're the lead on the, the crew here tonight. We're on the first shift. There'll be another graveyard shift coming in after us uh, uh, upwards uh, around midnight or so tonight. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about how you put your grooming plan together. And this is something that impressed me as I spent some time with you this afternoon and with the team inside the, uh, uh, the, the shop. Uh, just the detail that goes into determining which runs you're gonna groom, how you're gonna groom them, and then getting those assignments out to your team. So it totally starts with that skiing beforehand to assess the runs and what it's like actually out there on the mountain. And then uh, we sit down and discuss things that we saw, things that need to be repaired. Our plan goes together on a priority-based list and um, so that we make sure that we get to anything that's a number one priority that we want to get 
done, it'll get done first thing on the swing shift. But um, we make notes on our plan about specific things that need to be accomplished. We talk to the ski patrol to find out if they have any issues that they've seen, any hazards that need to be worked on. We talk to the manager for lift operations and take care of any needs they might have, leveling their mazes or backblading the snow that they've shoveled out all day long, whatever it might be. Um, so everybody involved on the mountain gets contact from us on a daily basis to make sure that we're taking care of everything that's out there and everybody's always looking for us to uh, make sure we take care of everything to put out the best guest experience we can. You know, I think I think as a skier, you know, we often think of grooming as, you know, somebody goes out there and lays down a little bit of corduroy for us and we have a great time in the morning. But what really struck me as we did our little tour around the mountain, Laura, is, is the precision, precision with which you look at terrain, uh, an inch here, two inches there, uh, five, six inches here, and really looking to have as smooth a surface and also a surface that goes downhill when it's supposed to go downhill and uphill when it's supposed to go uphill. Yeah, you definitely don't want to make the skiers do any extra work here. We want you to enjoy your day. So if a ski run is supposed to go downhill somewhere, we definitely want that to happen. We don't want to see people hiking uphill on a skier access or anything like that. Try to make it be what you expect it to be when you come here to ski. You know, the other thing that impressed me was the uh, uh, diversity and the passion of your crew uh, uh, and, and, and how much joy they seem to take in uh, uh, getting out there and getting their cat fired up and uh, uh, sitting in the cockpit for a few hours. That's definitely a big thing we look at when we're hiring groomers is people that are passionate about being here and what they're doing, being out in the snow and skiing the runs and they really all enjoy being out here and we were talking last night a little bit about why Deer Valley and because some of them have come from other places and and they all said, you know, the equipment is amazing, the team is amazing, the mechanics take a phenomenal job taking care of our, our machines and ensuring that they get their services and fixing anything that needs repaired so quickly that it's just a pleasure to be here and be out in the cat. So let's talk a little bit about the overall plan tonight. I uh, don't have to go into every run detail, but what are some of the runs that are being groomed by your team on this first shift uh, this evening? Well, we're going to throw a couple fun natural runs in the mix tonight. So we do have a winch cat out on Peeler. That'll be the second time we've groomed it this season. So it's nice to be able to get some new stuff in the rotation. And then uh, Legal Tender is one of the natural runs off a Wasatch chair that everybody seems to enjoy. So we're winching that tonight as well. And, and then we're doing a lot, of, a lot of the stuff on Bald Mountain because we do have a first tracks event at 8 a.m. where there'll be skiers here checking things out before the public gets on the mountain. So, so it's kind of fun to change everything up every night and I try to make sure that the groomers get to do something different and interesting to challenge themselves and their skill levels can be improved as they learn some new runs. Do they look at this as an art form? 
<laughs> I guess it could be. Um, you know, most of us are pretty OCD about our job <laughs> and trying to make it look perfect because it, it does look pretty amazing, like wet concrete when you get everything flat and seamed up nicely between your passes and it is quite beautiful. So, you know, we definitely take pride in what we do and, and try to put out the best product we can. You know, you mentioned earlier a little bit about the winch cats. For those who might not be familiar, tell us a little bit about what is a winch cat and why is it so important? So the winch cats are the same as the bison cats that we run, but they have a contraption on the back that carries a spool of just under 4,000 feet of cable and the driver will go to the top of a very steep run and hook onto an anchor cat or an anchor post that's buried in the ground and that cable will let them do steeper runs or move more snow not just relying on the traction of the cat and its tracks but it will pull them up the hill so that they can do even more than what a regular cat would you know, what, what impressed me in watching the winch cats working on the freestyle World Cup aerial skill is that they can pivot literally 360 degrees with the, uh, uh, the winch connected up yeah. on top. The boom on the top goes over the cab and so they can turn any direction they need to to go uphill and downhill and side hill to move snow wherever it might need to go for whatever project they're working on. So let's talk about the machine that we're in tonight. Uh, this is a, a Prenoth Bison. Tell us a little bit about the capabilities and some of the specs on this machine. So they're pretty amazing machines, very low center of gravity. Even though they're 10 feet tall, they have two five foot tracks on them. And the edges of the tracks can actually hang over the side of a ski run and it won't fall off because the center of gravity is so close to the middle and the lower end of the machine. It's quite amazing, but pretty much 100% um, climbability, 45 degrees up and down is kind of um, the traction you'll get out of a machine without having a winch on it. Um, side hill going across the fall line about 37 degrees so you can move pretty much any direction to move snow whatever way you need to go and then you've got a 15 foot blade on the front of the cat and that has 12 different functions on it so I can move snow any direction I need it to go and I'd move that with buttons on a joystick but you can open the wings and close the wings to move snow a certain direction and fill in a dish, whatever might need to happen with it. You know, as we're sitting here in the cab of this uh, Prenoth Bison, you know, it's almost a little bit like you're, you're, you're playing a video game right now. <laughs> you've got the joystick, a bunch of buttons on it. You've got a little console. Um, it's a pretty comfortable machine, isn't it? Definitely, it, yes. And that's, that's one thing of the newer cats are just, they're amazing to drive. The machines are so smooth and everything's at your fingertips to run all your implements in the front and then as well as the tiller in the back. It's all on the joystick and then you just got two sticks to run your tracks. So it's pretty comfortable. Recaro seats, Pioneer stereo, heated seats, heated windows, <laughs> heated wipers. 
everything you need to be out on the mountain in howling wind and snowstorms and still be able to put down some beautiful corduroy. So, you know, what's interesting to me, you, you, you said that this could go up a, a 45 degree pitch without a winch? Correct. Is that a little, uh, how does that feel? Um, I don't know. It's, I think, I think snowcat operators have a little bit of uh, dare in them because we all really like to do that steep, challenging kind of stuff just to see what our machines can do. And so it doesn't really bother too many of us. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun right now. We're coming down to uh, Snow Park Lodge. Uh, not much steepness here as we come down to the base of the mountain. Uh, World Cup coming up in a few weeks, and you guys will be a big part of that and actually already are with some of the work you're doing up on the Moguls Hill and up on the Aerials Hill. Yes, we've been working on the World Cup event site here for the last four weeks, and it's little bit more every week and we're starting to do load in and get the equipment up there we need to today they put the lights in for the aerial hill and we worked on the jump hill last night with a winch cat and we got the jump platforms in on that and aerial hill is being worked tonight so uh, a lot of a lot of things going on to get ready and it'll just a little more every night and it'll be ready to go here in another week. Let's talk about some of the actual grooming techniques. What's what's impressive to me as we're uh, going up the hill now is to look at how much snow is actually being churned up. So Laura, walk us through what's actually happening to the snow that's coming into the blade and how you eventually turn that into nice corduroy. So the snow in the blade is actually dug up by teeth that are on the front of the blade. So the farther I curl it forward, the more those teeth are going to go into the snowpack and dig up more snow. So as I come through a big pile of snow, I curl it in more and it'll pick up more to move it. And then I curl it back to let stuff fall under those teeth to fill in a hole or I move it to the side if I need to windrow it over to where there's a low spot. And so the blade's pretty much making it nice and flat in front of the cat. The blade with its wings open is, is uh, 17 feet and so it's wider than the actual tracks of the cat. The cat at its tracks is uh, 15 feet and then the tiller in the back is 18 feet wide. So the tiller in the back is what actually churns up the snow, just like the tiller in your garden. There's a bar that spins and it chews up the snow and breaks down any big chunks. And then it will slide underneath that tiller and go under the combs that make that corduroy on the very back. Now, I know one of the challenges you have in looking at the weather, looking at the current snow conditions is deciding when you groom certain runs. So I know some runs in the, uh, uh, the planning session today, you talked about some runs being done on the first shift and some runs being done a little bit later. How do you make decisions like that as to which runs you need to do first? So it depends on how, how much traffic we put on a run and how the snow is holding up with warmer snow your skiers are going to push more down the mountain 
And so that creates more work for us pushing it back up. So we'll groom it a little bit earlier in the day so it holds up a lot longer. It doesn't get so soft so quickly. Um, a lot of runs, maybe we'll plow them. So we definitely will make them a higher priority to make sure everything's flat. So it just kind of depends on what needs to be done on the run and what the priority is for it. But we like to do steeper runs earlier. Um, we don't necessarily have to re-groom those if it snows. Like tonight, we've got some snow going on. Um, our runs that are green runs, like Success or Bird's Eye, we'll re-groom those if they get two inches of snow on it. So a lot of times, early stuff, we'll, we'll do the steeper Black Diamond and Double Blue runs that will hold up a little longer, even with this new snow on it. So right now we're up at the base of the aerial hill, and why don't you tell us a little bit about what the winch cat is doing to prepare that landing hill? So right now he's adjusting the snow level on that landing hill. Are we at 45 yet? I think we're pretty close. <laughs> For those listening and who can't see this, uh, we're testing out the maximum capacity. 35 degrees. 35 degrees. <laughs> Felt like 50 to me. But uh, the winch cat's going up and down the actual landing part of the aerial hill right now, and he's smoothing that transition to make sure it's at the correct angle that the athletes will need to complete their jumps. So I had heard earlier that we had a little bit more snow up there than we needed so he was going to remove some of it and push it down to this Prenoff beast cat that's working the platform area to flatten everything out for the event so are you how close or how, how accurate can you get the pitch so this is a landing hill athletes are going to be jumping 60 feet in the air and then putting their skis down on the hill and i know that it needs to be at a certain pitch how close can you get that with the cat uh they'll pretty much be right on. He has a clinometer in that cat and he knows what angle he's at right now. And uh, so he can cut that at the level he needs. Well, it's pretty impressive to watch that. Do you, do you have any idea of what the, what the pitch is on that landing hill? I don't. Dennis has been doing this uh, event for probably 10 years now so he's quite the expert on setting up the course i would say it's more than 45 though yes definitely well that's pretty imp yeah that's I, pretty I impressive. definitely wouldn't be able to climb that in this bison you definitely need a winch cat for this so we we have what i would consider as a skier really excellent snow conditions right now i mean this was just nice light powder this afternoon uh, a good base uh i know that at certain times of year you come into really difficult snow conditions uh maybe wet or snow and so forth how do you adjust for that in your grooming do you do you look at the water uh, consistency in the snow and different elements like that um, we don't necessarily, well, somewhat, you know, it, it, um, we do things earlier so that they can have some setup time because otherwise when the sun comes out and they break down, especially in the spring when you're down to that corn snow so quickly, then your snow moves around as soon as it gets sun on it. So that's where coming, doing it earlier definitely makes a difference. Um, we we'll do a lot more winch work in the springtime when we have very wet snow. 
Um, the base snow is actually quite wet. When we make the snowmaking snow, we have a higher content of water in it when we're making the base layers so that those bottom two layers on the ski run are going to stay put. Vice, if we're making snow that somebody's going to actually ski the next day, it'll be a lighter, drier snow, so it wouldn't be so hard. But um, the snow definitely changes the order we groom things and how we groom things. There's a lot more adjustments that you'll make on the tiller in the back. We can control the depth of that cutter bar tilling the snow. We can control the speed of that cutter bar. And so a lot of times you'll slow that down and the combs in the back, you can move them to a farther back position that'll fill in any gaps that are left because snow is wet and being drugged. So it definitely uh, changes how you do things. You can't plow as much snow um, because it's so wet and it kind of sticks to your blade like wet cement. So we definitely have to do things a little bit differently and a little more careful. Sometimes it takes a couple laps to get a good surface on it just because the water content and it freezing up at night, the ice crystals just get so hard. So we're heading back up uh, Solid Muldoon right now after spending a little bit of time at the base of the World Cup Aerials Hill. Uh, so you're going over a previously tilled section. Uh, is, it, is it a case of doing it multiple times? or? I'm actually pulling, so on the, the skiers generally ski down the center of a ski run. So all the snow generally gets moved to the outside and so I'm um, going over it again to move some more of that snow that was on the outside edges back into the center of the run that is more dished and where the general population skis. So as you get out and about and talk to the skiers, uh, uh, do you tell them what you do when you're riding a chairlift with somebody? I usually do. Ask them how their day has been and what they saw that was good or bad. and. Do they give you tips on what they want to have groomed? <laughs> they do. Everybody always tells us about their favorites and asks what we're doing the next day. And especially everybody loves it when we get magnet. Well, or I Orient was just going to say, <laughs> like me, when are you grooming magnet? You're grooming <laughs> magnet or upper magnet tonight, right? Yep, upper magnet will be groomed tonight on the graveyard shift. How about Orient? Um, Orient is a very steep pitch, and it's three different sections and different hookups for the winch. So we need it to have very cold temperatures and be able to set up so we can get the cat back out of there. So we probably won't do Orient this week. We'll wait until we've got some colder temperatures that are supposed to come in next week. So we're always watching the weather, whether it's actual snow coming in or just changing conditions and temperatures, but colder it is, the steeper slope a cat can climb, the more fresh snow there is, the harder it is to climb. The tracks have grousers on them and that's what sinks down into the snowpack to give it the traction to climb up. And so on a, a bison they're about four or five inches Deep. So when we get a lot of snow, six, eight inches, 
it's pretty difficult for the cat to get around because it's just floating on that new fresh snow. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, I've often wondered, you know, when you're getting that foot or two foot of snow over over uh, over an evening what do you what do you do i mean how do you keep up yeah it's definitely hard so we do a lot of uh on this shift if if it's snowing like crazy we'll go out and track things and try to just smash down some of that snow so it's easier to get around and that's when those colder temperatures definitely come into play and help us out we can go out and just keep our implements in the air and track everything and then it'll set up a little bit and we'll have better movement getting up the hill so at that point then we can go out and and actually groom it and put a surface on it you know just looking around as we uh head up we're heading up success right yes we're heading up success now to uh to the top of this mountain one of the things with deer valley a uh, pretty large ski resort lots of different mountains lots of different microclimates actually do you find a difference from one end of the mountain to the other sometimes with, with the grooming definitely definitely and that's something that we do look at too when we're riding the plan at night we have weather stations on all the mountains and so you'll pull up all those weather stations and check what it's doing on each mountain. Sometimes you've got 60 mile an hour winds at the top of one mountain and nothing at others. So same thing happens with temperature. We do get inversions where it'll be colder down lower and uh, warmer up higher. So, so that may dictate what kind of order we do our runs in as well when we're grooming them. So Laura, you've been at the uh, controls of snowcats here at Deer Valley for close to 30 years now. What changes have you seen in the equipment and your ability to put down a great surface for the guests? Uh, definitely uh, more horsepower. The engines just keep getting more and more amazing. This cat has a Caterpillar C9 engine in it. And um, the predecessor before the bison had about 350 horsepower, whereas this one is above 400. So they get a little bit uh, easier to work and stronger and more efficient, it seems like, every few years. And they definitely are always looking to improve them. As you look into the crystal ball, uh five, 10 years from now, what innovations do you anticipate seeing in grooming equipment? Well, we'll all be sitting in the break room driving our drone snowcats, right? <laughs> we don't want to do that, do we? <laughs> it sure wouldn't be as fun uh, being out on the mountain. But um, yeah, it definitely uh, coming into play in the future here, we're seeing radar type systems on all the cats and so they're mapping type systems that tell you the depth of your snow and so that definitely helps everyone be more efficient and know how much snow is where you're at and you can easily plow up some snow and cover something that you need to but there's more and more computers going into these cats as we move forward and and so the computer controlling the intake of the diesel is making it more efficient as well as emissions efficient and it just seems to improve we use less and less fuel every time we get new grades of of engines 
So, so I, I just want to uh, tell the listeners, uh, uh, we've just done a uh, 180 turn, like literally on a dime. Uh, and tell us a little bit about what you do every time you spin the cat around. <laughs> So when I know I'm uh, going to come into a turnaround, a lot of stuff that we do with a snowcat, it takes anticipation. You need to read ahead and know what what's going to happen and plan ahead for it. But if I know I'm going to turn the cat around someplace, I'll start gathering up a little bit of snow in my blade and I'll uh, drop that snow so I've got something to turn the cat around on because it makes it a, quite a hole a couple feet deep when you turn the cat. So then once uh, we get turned around, then we back up and we use the teeth on the blade and we go backwards and pull snow back into that hole. So when we go forward and put the tiller down and groom it, that uh, we can push some more snow forward and fill in the hole and nobody will be the wiser that I turned around there. You know, just going back uh, to a comment you made a minute ago about uh, uh, this is a whole lot more fun than running drones on it. Uh, just talking to one of the girls on your team before she went out to warm up her snowcat, you know, she just said, this is so much fun. This is like almost not like a job. And, you know, you seem to have a lot of fun with this. 30 years into this, you're still having fun. Definitely. You know, the it's just everything changes on a nightly basis. And, and it's always fun to have new people come and learn the job and, and find out how exciting it is. I think all of us really enjoy the solitude being out on the mountain and seeing wildlife and you know you're the only ones out here and just making it perfect and there's no one here until the skiers show up tomorrow morning. You know as uh, we talk about that just looking down to the valley we're going back down the hill right now but you can see the lights of Park City you can see the lights of Old Town and the traffic heading out to Kimball Junction uh, the snow is uh, illuminated in the uh, headlights uh, on the snowcat as we head down the hill it's just a beautiful sight. And that, that uh, view just never gets old and sunsets and sunrises and you just can't beat it. Well, we're going to wrap it up here with a little bit of fun stuff and uh, really appreciate the ride around the mountain. We're going to go through a little lightning round. Got a few questions for you. Nothing tricky here, but uh, we know that you learned to ski at Ski Dun Sundown and I think Chestnut Mountain. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your favorite run as a kid there? I don't remember my favorite run, but I remember the steepest run was called Gun Barrel and the chairlift went over the top of it. And I always remember riding up with my girlfriends and we would say, someday we're gonna be brave enough to ski that black diamond. Did you ever ski it? <laughs> yes, did. And now the stuff I ski out here is way steeper than anything we had there. <laughs> so right here at home now, what's your favorite ski run at Deer Valley? Favorite ski run at Deer Valley, boy. I don't know if I have a favorite. They're probably my, my favorite secret is to ski from Northside area and cut across Stargazer and cut through the trees I to love Peeler. That. I love that one. <laughs> a lot of times Peeler is only accessed by a triple chair and a lot of people don't take the time to ride that fixed grip. Triple, well, that's so. that's me. Yeah, I just, uh, I you know, and, and I should because it's only a couple minutes longer really, yep. but I just never really want to ride that chair. So I just cut through those trees. So we're, we're in sync on that, on, on that one. Um, do you have a favorite run? Uh, outside of uh, Deer Valley? Do you get out and about a little bit? Um, 
I don't get out too much anymore. I did a lot when I was younger and um, we kind of just love skiing Deer Valley and I've tried to get out the last couple years to a few other Altera resorts now and that's been really fun. I've really enjoyed going to Steamboat. That's a fun mountain, it's isn't it? Terrific mountain. Great people, small town. It, it feels like Park City felt 30 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I love, love it, it there. And you know, it's been fun to ride a chairlift with some of the folks from Steamboat who come over here to use their Icon Pass. So uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Best midnight snack while grooming. <laughs> Best midnight snack. Hmm. Well, I typically have a bag of granola sitting in the little cubby hole next to me and and that's probably what I snack on most all night or a bag of carrots. So nothing exciting. Gets you through the night. <laughs> yep. Okay, here we go. Best Jeep trail or your favorite Jeep trail in Moab. <laughs> Poison Spider. Poison Spider. That's always my favorite. I love that trail. The view from the top is amazing and it gets harder every year. It's it's really a fun trail. So uh, you've been, I know you've been off-roading for a lot of years. What's your favorite Jeep that you won't, you've owned? Oh, I probably would go back to that, uh, that 96 XJ that I had. I really love that Cherokee uh, unibody, longer, longer body to it. I had a nine inch lift and, and uh, 36 inch tires and it just could go anywhere. Now you told me earlier you're going a little bit of a different direction now. Yeah, so sold the Jeep and have picked up a Land Cruiser. So really interested to see how that wheels this summer. We just got an Old Man Emu lift kit put on it and the tires and wheels are yet to get put on. But uh, I'm really interested to see how that performs down in Moab. Are you going to Easter Jeep Safari? Yes, always okay. at Easter Jeep Safari. Yep, we we, we will see you down there. Uh, favorite Utah craft beer? Favorite Utah craft beer is mostly anything dark. <laughs> so, so here are the dark beers. <laughs> they really, uh, Squatters is probably, probably my favorite in the evolution. That's probably uh, my go-to whenever I'm not trying something new. Well, Laura, it's been great to have you on last year uh, from Ski Utah. I've had a wonderful ride around the mountain. We are heading back down to uh, Snow Park now, and uh, I'm sure we'll be heading back up the mountain soon to uh, push a little bit more snow and prepare a great track for the skiers tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, well, Laura. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun to have you along for the ride, Tom, and hope your listeners enjoyed it as well. Laura Sexton, veteran snow groomer here at Deer Valley. Next time you're up on the mountain, give a virtual thank you to the men and women who give up their evenings to tool around the mountain in the darkness and the solitude and put down a great surface for all of us to enjoy in the morning. If you're enjoying Last Chair from Ski Utah, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and please share with a friend. Hope you're having a good time listening to these great stories. It's been fun to bring you along for the ride here tonight at Deer Valley Resort. I'm Tom Kelly, your host for Ski Utah's Last Chair. See you on the mountain.